0: FM, radio.
1: Well, my very uh, special guest, first guest uh, on the program today, is a man who describes himself as a simple evangelist. His life has been, though, a lot more uh, than that. His his passion is is to serve the Lord. So, uh, Pastor Solomon, good morning to you.
0: Good morning to you, uh, uh, Blair.
1: Good morning. Now, I know you were... And
0: good morning to. And good morning to all our listeners and friends.
1: There we go. Now, I know you were born uh, in in India. Um, What what was life like for you as a child uh, growing up there?
0: Well, I was born in a kind of family where my dad had come to know the Lord from Hindu background. But my dad was a very nominal sort of person. And my mom was a devout Hindu. So, uh, so when I was born, my name was actually given to me by my granddad. He was the one who requested mom. She wanted to name me, uh, give me a Hindu name, but uh, she, he requested her to give me a Christian name. So she said, what, whatever you want to call him." So he called me Solomon. So that is uh, that that that's my name. But it was quite good until the age of five. But then, when dad granddad died, and then dad became very ill. Uh, life became very difficult because we we had land, but no one was there to cultivate it properly, so we couldn't grow much and so forth. So life became difficult for for a long, long time. Mm.
1: And how did you how did you yourself? Cause I mean, obviously, uh, you, you you said there that obviously your grandfather and your father had that sort of Christian uh, influence, but what about you? Uh, when when did you when did you yourself find find faith? When did it all become real for you? Well.
0: This was really funny. My mother, she was, well, she was Hindu, but she was not. You know, she had a, a request. Uh, sorry, the, she she had a real respect for the Lord Jesus Christ. She because you know Hindu believe Hindu be, Hindus believe in different gods, and Mum considered Jesus the best God, better than her gods, mm. and the reason was. That because he, he, his character, his teachings, and he gave his life for the world. That's what really touched her. But she could not reconcile with the fact that he is the only God and the savior. Until I became a Christian, while I was studying at college. Okay, so so, so how how teacher, old were you there,
1: Solomon? When you went to college, how old I, how old were you? I
0: I was twenty years old. Hmm. I was 20 when I was uh, studying at university. Um, And um, one of my Hindu friends was given a New Testament by a Gideon person who is to supply medicine. He was a businessman. He's from South India. He's to supply medicine to his father's pharmacy. But his father died, and and his father was also the priest of a temple. But when he died, my friend was uh, installed as a priest. And when he was installed as a priest, he was studying with me at, at, uh, at college as well. He invited Mr. Vergis, who was, um, who was the, the Christian man who supplied uh, medicines to his shop. He invited him, and he came and gave him a New Testament. So reading that New Testament, my friend, uh, my friend came to know the Lord within three weeks. And he left the temple, he covered all the all the statues, and he called people there, and he said, I'm going to leave, because these are not gods. The real and true God is Jesus, whom I have found through reading this book. Of course, I saw his life, and, I, and when I saw his life changed, I wanted that myself. I knew about Jesus, but I wanted for myself. So I requested for a Bible from the same man. But rather... He he was giving me a New Testament, but I said to him, no, you need to give me the whole Bible.
1: <laughs>
0: so he gave me the whole Bible, and he said, I said, well, how much do it cost? He said, nothing. I was quite surprised. He said, no, someone else has paid. He said, like, Jesus has paid for us. Salvation is free. So for Bible... Friends who, who, who are, you know, in, in Western countries and wherever, they love Jesus, they give money, and then we print the Bible, and we or buy the Bible, and we give it to, give it to people for free. Anyway, I started to read. He, he, he advised me to read from the New Testament first. But, you know, I didn't listen to him. I, I thought I was at university, so I was smart enough. So I started from Genesis chapter 1. And it took, then it took five months to come to Isaiah 53. (laughs) Mm. My friend had also, he knew that I was reading the Bible, and he said, listen, you must be open in your heart and in your mind, and be prayerful that God will talk to you. He will talk to you. You will feel in your inner being that God is talking to me, and Brother Blair, you wouldn't believe when I was reading from Isaiah 53 from the very first verse as if someone was telling me and it must have been the Holy Spirit telling me in my, in my, you know, in my inner heart in my mind uh, the meaning of the whole thing as well who has believed? and, and it just, my mind went across yeah, it's true very few people believe in Jesus. And the message is so clear and so wonderful, but no one wants to believe in it. And then it also mentioned about the arm of the Lord has been revealed, you know? And it's as if someone is telling me the arm of the Lord simply means God being involved. It is from God. It is this, He is the one who is working. He is the one who is giving message. He is the one who is you know, who, who's calling people. It was just coming in my mind. You won't believe that. And then when it came like uh, that, he, his face was, he, he was so, you know, his face was so uh, marred that no one could, no one wanted to look at it. And as if in my mind it was coming, oh, oh, Jesus was beaten up very badly. Oh, and he he had crown the thorns, a lot of blood. And the picture was coming in my mind, in my, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. It's true, he's talking about Jesus. Who would believe? I mean, someone with, 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 with blood all over him. Many people can't even look at blood. And I thought, wow. But then he said, for our transgression, that hit me. Oh, for, the, for our sins. And then we all like sheep have gone astray. And then the connotation is that everyone has done what they want to do. But still, God has put on him our translation. Th- that, just, that just got me. And I knew in my heart, oh, God is talking to me. Oh, he's with me. He wants to save me. So I knelt down. <laughs> I just stopped reading, knelt down beside my bed. The first thing, I, before I read the other thing, I said, God, I know you're talking to me. I know. That's a w- Have mercy on me.
1: It's a wonderful thing yes. because there you were in Isaiah fifty three. So, so, folk, if you're listening to the program, then uh, Solomon, I advise you go and read Isaiah fifty three because it is quite a graphic uh, explanation of the of the, the the way in which Jesus Jesus died and the sacrifice yes. Uh, yes. that He made. So there you were. You so you actually had knelt to pray, asking the Lord to come into your life before you even got to the New Testament. Yes, because see, my friend had said he had told me. When you're reading and when you know
0: that God is talking to you, you'll feel it. You'll feel it. You know, in your in your being, it will be, uh, 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 you know, in your, in your heart, you'll feel it. In, in, commit your life to the Lord because you never know. What really was scary, that he had told me that you never know that the Lord would not talk to you anymore. And that I didn't want you. I wanted, I wanted because I wanted to be saved. I wanted that. I wanted God. So I, first, I thought, no, no, this is, this is the time I give my, I knew the gospel because my friend had shared with me. I knew about my grandfather. He was a very godly man. And, um, and so for that, my, my mommy used to every now and then and say, Jesus is the best God and this and that and all sorts of stuff. So I, I, I knelt down and this is what I said. I said, God, it talks about sheep. My life has been like a goat. I've been look, I've been running around from you, but Sheep, Lord, anyone can round up. I've been good. And I'm allowing myself. I'm coming to you with all humility. Round me up. Bring me in your, in your family. Bring me in your fold. That's the way I prayed. And, and, I, and I knew that God was listening to me. I knew that God had his hand on me. I felt so wonderful. And then I read through everything. And the very first time, after a long, long time, I slept like a log.
1: <laughs> You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. <laughs> And uh, just before uh, we listen to that lovely music and hear from our sponsors, we heard how Solomon had become a Christian, of course, uh, reading the Bible from Genesis right through till he got to Isaiah 53. And, of course, it was there that he, he knelt he felt the voice of God speaking to him and give his life uh, to Christ. So how did, your, how did your mom, of course, who, who was a Hindu, though, you said that she was very, very uh, uh, sympathetic and, and, and held Jesus in awe, how did she react to your conversion, Solomon? Well, she, when
0: my when I came to know the Lord, and from the very following day, I started to I started to witness to people, and um, you know, in India, in northern India, it's not nice. It's not a very very nice place. You have to fight for everything. So my life was you know, always I was involved in fights and this and that. And then what happened? That because the Lord changed my life. I started to apologize to people, you know, folding my hands and apologizing to lots of friends, this and that. And one of my friends, he thought maybe I was studying philosophy, so I became mad. You know, there's something wrong in, the, in my head. <laughs> yes. Very unusual of me. So he went back home and told my mom that there's something wrong with him. And she came. She came. She came said, son, what, ha- what has happened to you? And I told her that, uh, she said that you go around folding hands to everyone and this and that. What is it? Apologizing for things. I said, Mom, I've given my life to Jesus. I've become a Christian. I found Jesus. And so, or he has found me now. So this is what I do. I, I apologize to my, the people I have wronged. And, uh, and so I tell, and I tell them about the Lord. And you know, I said, oh, is that, is that right? Oh, son. Oh, that will do a lot of good to you, because Jesus is the best God. Mm. So I said to her mom, "He's the only God." She said, "No, don't talk nonsense. There are many gods. He's the best one, and the others are mine are not good gods. But if I leave them, they'll be they'll create a lot of trouble." So this is how she talked <laughs> about her God. <laughs> but Jesus is the best God, and so because because my our da- my dad my dad was Christian, well, mind you Blair, da, my dad died at the age of 39 but just before he died a pentecostal man led him to Jesus mm. so we'll see him in heaven and he did talk to my, my dad my talk to my mom and uh, and so she knew and she said oh your father also he 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 he, 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 he followed Jesus in the end mm. and so uh, yeah, Jesus will really help you, and he'll help us, help us all. Uh, and I'm glad that your your life will turn to uh, and become good. That's the way she looked at it. Can you imagine a Hindu lady saying to her son, "Jesus is the best God"? Okay. Mm. So well, that was ob- very interesting.
1: Obviously, there's some good news on the end of that story, which no doubt. Won't. And she became and she became a Christian later on. Yeah,
0: she became a Christian.
1: You went to uh, to an organization uh, called Operation Mobilization. I I know that all of your life, and even now, your your single passion has been to see others uh, come to know uh, Jesus in the way that 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 you came to know Him, and so on. And and that that's the I guess it's the passion of your life. But but what was it that it, what attracted you to Operation Mobilization? What did you do for them? Well, for
0: three years. Uh, you know, Operation Mobilization is an amazing organization. I started by Brother George Verver, and at, at, this organization was for young people. And um, when I came to know the Lord, within, a, within weeks, a team came in that area. And that's how I got attracted to that, because they used to pray a lot, and they used to go around, and I used to join in with them, going, going out, giving tracts, this and that. And then I said to them, Can I join in? And in those days, it was very easy because there's a pastor who, um, who, uh, you know, who, who knew about me um, when I was studying. Uh, I, I started to go to, uh, I, I used to go to that church. He gave me a letter to join join Operation Mobile blessing So I joined with them for, for three months only. But I stayed there for for three years because then I realized I had I, I graduated and I you know I done my graduation at university and then I. Uh, I thought, oh, well, no, I, I need to pray and find what God wants me to do. I mis- I stayed on. So basically, we were involved in literature evangelism and uh, training people, youth works, prison work, uh, traveling all over uh, North India uh, with, you know, with all these vans uh, and trucks from Western countries given <laughs> to Operation mobilization and believe me, that 75% or 80% vans and, and trucks, we had lorries, we had to push start, all right? <laughs> but they were not new. And so we were young people, so we used to push them and to start them. And so It was quite a good struggle, but incredible time. Sometimes we used to do 25, 26, 20 open-air meetings. And it was, you know... Most of the places we were allowed to do only in some places like Rajasthan and few other places where extremist Hindus were they wouldn't allow us or there'll be little trouble, but we incredibly enjoyed traveling around all over, even in Nepal and so forth, preaching the gospel
1: and and did um, you did you see many, many people become Christians during that time
0: oh so? So, no, some people, yeah. Some, we used to see some people come to know the Lord because we were all practicing, you know, how to evangelize, how to talk to people, how to lead them to Christ, how to persuade them to, to follow Jesus, and all, all sorts of things. Because the training program was going on, isn't it? It was training in the morning. We used to do uh, uh, in a quiet time and then breakfast and then Bible studies, solid two, three hours Bible studies. And then we used to go out. And then in the evening we used to go out then again, Bible studies and prayers and this and that. Oh, amazing training program. And that's where I was shaped. But I, the passion for, for people, God gave me right when I came to know Jesus. And I said to, said to the Lord, Lord, this life is yours from now on. Please help me to win people for you. So despite all the ups and downs in my life, I honestly can say that the thing, the gift God gives us, you know, it's there. The passion has never left me. Never, ever left me. And that is the passion I think that will keep me going.
1: Hope FM filled radio. Well, my very special guest in this hour of the program is, is Solomon Solomon, of course, from India. He has the the heart of uh, of an evangelist and uh, has has had extensive experience with Operation Mobilisation and then with uh, with three counties. Three counties, of course, Solomon would have been where you would have began to really share as an evangelist, and you were with them for many years, weren't you? Yeah, um,
0: yes. Yeah. That's right, counties evangelistic work, but now they are called counties. Uh, yes, I was there, I was with counties for 23 years as their Asian evangelist.
1: Now, obviously, uh, you, you were to meet, we we must mention, of course, that that you, after you did seminary, seminary you went back to, to Operation Mobilization for a while, and there, of course, she met your beautiful wife, uh, Rachel. Uh, yes. And uh, so, I just wanted to get that in, you know, because no doubt, uh, if you're like me, our wives are a primary support to us, aren't they? Oh,
0: definitely, definitely, yes she she she's to support uh, uh, a girl in india uh, um in one of the in southern india and also she wanted to go and work in india for the lord that's how i got uh, you know i got interested in her uh, and then of course the lord led us together
1: now let's let's talk about what you're doing because here you are in a totally different world of of Bournemouth pulling Christ church and again your your passion to to win well Principally, uh, people of Asian extract, but of course not exclusively, uh, and that, that passion that you've always had, still of course continuing. So, wh- so how does your work, uh, you know, wh- what does it look like today? So,
0: I'm an itinerant evangelist and Christian worker, or social worker as well. I consider myself a social worker as well and evangelist, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm invited. My Asian fellowships and English fellowships um, to to share my testimony, to preach the gospel, to give Bible studies. Um, Also in prisons, I I get I get opportunity to go and visit uh, prisoners from uh, Southeast Asia, Asia, um, or you know, and it's such a. But basically, talking to people about Jesus. And bringing them nearer to the Lord, or encouraging them to to grow in the Lord, that's one side. But the other side is that I go to India twice a year for a month at a time, and we have amazing work. It's kind of network in in northern India. So my um, I enjoy just traveling around with teams in villages, preaching the gospel in in my dialect and, and some other dialects I know. And that is the greatest joy I get when people come to know the Lord, because they're hungry and thirsty for God. And that's incredible. Um, and then another thing is that I also, I'm, I'm one of the uh, trustees of Friends of IEM, Indian Evangelical Mission. So we do organize prayer meetings every four months. And and the uh, pray and raise some money as well, encourage people to get support IEM in India. Um, so, I mean, there are, there are quite a few things I'm involved in. But basically, I'm itinerant. And after, after um, uh, leaving counties, after 23 years, uh, I continued to do exactly what I was doing, but I started to go to India more often to preach the gospel. So that's what my, my ministry is. And, and I get a lot of opportunities, lots of opportunities.
1: I know that one of the things that we were talking about off air uh, was was the passion that you have, of course, for, for India and the opportunities that there are to pray for that that wonderful nation. D- tell us a bit about about how we should pray, Solomon.
0: I think, yeah. You see, like the Lord wants us to pray for the whole world, but we also have to c- try to think where where so many people are. See, China, India. India has got. 1 billion over 300 million people and because britain was involved ruling india i try to encourage people hey don't forget india because it doesn't have just trees it's got loads and loads of people and unless we pray to the lord unless we do something and show interest in evangelizing this vast country um you know, things won't happen much. So that's why, because I come from India, I try to give passion to other people to pray more for India. And if they can do something, you know, if they can go to India for, for holidays and this and that. or This could support some people in India, some evangelists and children, this and that. They should do that. Often, you know, people get sidetracked because, you know, it's easy for us to go to Africa, here and there, Eastern Europe and all that. And people come back and share photos and this and that with people. But friends, India is with lots of poor people, lots of rich people, but it needs Jesus. This is what I feel. And I like to encourage people to pray for India.
1: Well, we will certainly uh, continued uh, to, to do that, and, and how can we best pray for you, Solomon, and the work that you're you're doing here? I mean, obviously, you haven't been twiddling your thumbs during the coronavirus lockdown. Oh, no,
0: it's been really, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. It's been very busy. Very, we've been very busy. See, what happens is that if you if you're talking to people per, uh, personally, you know, face to face, you can, you know a lot of things can you can control. But when you're on the phone. Talking to people, you got you can't disappoint people. So, if you're talking to an, an English person, of course, it can be a very short conversation. But believe me, if you're talking to a person from Southeast Asia, Asia, Indian subcontinent, uh, if you have if you said that you got half an hour, believe me, you need to have one hour, okay, at hand. <laughs> so plenty <laughs> of men, pl- plenty because, of time. <laughs> yeah, you need to have plenty of time, plenty of patience, pl- pl- plenty of passion for people and understanding and so forth. It's been amazing for for Rachel and I. It's been a great help. And also in the evenings, I've been going walking every day, you know, like almost every day, uh, and listening to audio Bibles. I've listened to the New Testament three times this time, and it's been such a blessing. Not only that, but whenever I found people standing at a distance, because they've seen me, they see me every day, and and I strike conversations with them, I was talking to three people just the day before yesterday about Jesus. They were listening, young people, uh, um, a, a lady who's a, who's a barber and another a man who, you know, he works with a, some company and that, that lady's um, uh, friend. They, I, I talked to them for half an hour and they were listening. They were asking me questions about Jesus. And, you know, I give my testimony. Most of the time I tell people how I, how Jesus found me. And he's looking for you, and they listen to you. You know, they listen to my testimony. So, uh, I'm always prepared. Can you imagine Solomon giving testimony in three minutes as well? So usually I take uh, half an hour, but uh, you know, I give three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, seven minutes, whatever what people have. And in the, in that way, people know me, and they and I I earned the right before by God's grace to talk to people about things. And I asked them, and I said, that I'll be praying for you. And then next time I meet up with them, and I said, well, I did pray for you. Did, what, what happened? A, a lady was looking for a dog. You know? I said, well, I'll, be, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Next time she met, she said, oh, Solomon, you must have prayed. I found my dog. <laughs> and then I, so from then on, I talked to her about the Lord. And her husband is in police. And I said, well, you need to tell your husband then what I tell, told you about Jesus. And, you know, I've heard that, I, I, you know, that they, they have been going to some church or whatever. I haven't seen them for a while. I haven't seen her for a while. See, These kind of things I do, and this is my passion. Why not? Every opportunity we have, quickly pray and, and just say something which, you know, which will glorify the Lord and encourage people to, to, to be drawn a step uh, nearer to the Lord.
1: For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.